in a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost every doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy. And let's talk fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on guys and welcome to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy and I hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love and let's just jump into it. So again, we are going live on Instagram, guys, and on the podcast, you're hearing this on a Thursday morning or whenever you happen to listen to it, but it will be going live on Thursday, the 30th of January. So everyone just starting to filter into the live uh, as it is now, giving me your ways, telling you where you're from. So thank you for everyone joining in. I've just said that my phone is actually running a little low on gas because I forgot to charge it this afternoon. As everyone knows, iPhone's just uh, quick to die. Now this new one is better, but it's still uh, conking out on me by the end of the day. So I need to get straight into this. Let's get into the questions. Bringing up the very first one. Here we go. Something completely unrelated to fitness, but that's great because I said, ask me anything. Let's just jump straight into it. I want to downsize to an apartment. I've got two adults and two teens. Any tips? Do you miss your house? Um, it's an interesting question. Um, we used to live in a house before we left for living in France for the year when we all took off. Um, and I don't for one second miss a house. Um, pretty much no matter where you are in Europe, you pretty much live in some sort of apartment-based type living. Yes, there are people with houses, of course, um, but you get used to kind of more confined spaces and you realize how much so how little you need to actually kind of enjoy a sustainable life and kind of what you eat. And just before we left, I actually watched the movie on Netflix called, I think it was called Minimalism or The Minimalist or something like that. They've got a podcast as well, and it really kind of ties down um, just exactly what you need. Um, and I think people just who buy bigger houses just end up filling it with more garbage that they don't need. And so um, I absolutely do not miss living in a house. I live in a nice little apartment in a great location. Um, we're close to the beach. We've got parks all around us. We're close to the shops. Um, obviously, future. We've got schools. We've got everything that we would need. A house pretty much is just for sleeping in. And that's why I see it's the same as the way I see hotels when we're away on holidays. So um, you know, it's a place to stay, get outside, go and see the world um, out and around you. Yes, would it be nice to, um, I've just seen my wife join in. Hello wife, how are you? Um, she's in the other room feeding Anna at the moment. She seems to have calmed down. She was crying before. Um, but yes, we've, um, I think, and Amy might jump into here if she's able to type anything, but um, I certainly don't miss living in a house. I love where we are. I love the life we have, the things we have. Um, and every day I'm trying to minimalize the stuff that I have. Yes, I went and bought a brand new TV and home theater system yesterday, but it's probably the first thing I've bought in many, many years. Um, I used to be a huge consumer and be caught up in the, I must have the latest this, the latest that, and have all new clothes, and everything like that. I can pretty much guarantee, uh, pretty much can say that I haven't bought new clothes apart from functional clothes for work. I work in a gym, so I get you know shorts and things like that. But clothes for me to wear as a kind of casual setting, I think it's been five, six years since I've bought something on that front. I just don't need or want for anything anymore. I have everything I need as long as my girls are healthy. I wake up healthy. The people in my life who are healthy, I don't need anything else. So yes, I don't miss living in an apartment. Any tips? Get rid of all of the stuff you don't need. Do a big clean out. If you haven't used it or seen it within six months, you don't need it anymore. So throw it out or donate it to your local you know, charity store or things like that. So that would be my tips. Absolutely downsize. We don't need these big houses and just filling them with the shit that we don't need to try and impress people that we don't care about. So that's my two cents. Great question. As I said, off topic from fitness, but um, as I said, I'm very happy to be an open book and answer whatever it might be. Um, what do we got here? Anna is so darn adorable. I can't think of a question when she has cuteness overload. Thank you very much. I have to highly agree. She is a super cute baby. This is controversial, and people always sit there and say, you know, what's your favorite child? You know, do you have your favorite? Oh, no, I couldn't possibly choose my favorite child. I'm going to go out there and say, I think 
Amelia is a more attractive child now. This may change over the years, but if I kind of look back and be as objective as I possibly can, is it objective or subjective? Objective, I think. Yeah, objective. Um, I think um, Amelia is a more attractive child, but that said, I have nothing but uh, goo-goo eyes for my daughter, Anna, and she is absolutely adorable. I love her, um, and she's getting much more expressions to her face at the moment, and She's starting to giggle more and she's starting to react more to facial um, things that I might do her and uh, blowing raspberries on her tummy and things like that. And I love it. She's starting to come to life and she's starting to, instead of just being a blob that cries and shits and does the things that babies do, she's really starting to become a bit more interactive and I love it. Uh, next question into the fitness sense. Here we go. How harmful is alcohol for weight loss being in a calorie deficit still? Absolutely not harmful whatsoever. Um, I have many clients who come to me and sit there and say, Adam, I have my Friday night drinks with my friends. I'm not giving that up. I need to work that into uh, my lifestyle. Let's work that in. Um, while you don't need, and I certainly push the idea of getting people off drinking their calories because it's a complete waste. There's absolutely no need to. However, if it helps you kind of be sustainable in other aspects of your life by including this into your journey, then absolutely make it a part of your journey. If you're drinking every night or having a few glasses of wine or things like that, I certainly would suggest reducing that because it's probably harming your ability to stay in a calorie deficit. But if all things are equal and you can maintain a weekly calorie deficit and that includes alcohol, it is doing no disservice or kind of your ability or lacking of ability to kind of lose weight whatsoever. So, excuse me, I only finished up dinner not too long ago. It's still a bit of indigestion. Um, absolutely, you can drink alcohol and it doesn't matter why alcohol. Um, but that said, uh, I would emphasize looking at the lower calorie drinks if you can. Um, so kind of looking to, you know, whether it's a diet soda of some description with your um, you know, liquor. So if you're looking at, you know, vodka and diet raspberry or, you know, something along those lines, you'll have far less calories. So it'll make it far easier to kind of still enable you to have drinks but stay in a calorie deficit. Things like your wines and your beers and um, those kind of um, drinks are much heavier um, on calories. So just be mindful of those. But again, if your calories are all equal, you're in a maintenance, uh, sorry, you're in a calorie deficit and you can maintain that by including alcohol, you'll be absolutely fine. No problem whatsoever. Uh, next way. This is a really good question. I saw this come through today and I'm really happy that this came through. Diet slash health-wise, what did you used to believe was good for you that you don't anymore? This is a really good question and this kind of goes almost hand in hand with what I talk about these days um, on here, on my posts, on my podcasts, on videos I might do, whatever it might be um, doing. A lot of things I talk about, I once used to do and so I talk about them now to stop or try and help you to not make the same mistake um, that I made in the past and don't waste your money and don't waste um, your time with them. So I have shat on apple cider vin vinegar, but there was once a time where a coach, I used to have a coach because I thought, yep, I should go, go down that route. And I think you know anyone who might be looking for help should um, reach out and get that help. But I had a coach who told me apple cider vinegar in the morning, you need to have it. This was before I became the no breakfast guy. I was eating breakfast and she said, you must eat breakfast because it kickstart your metabolism. You then have to have this apple cider vinegar and this terrible solution of other crap and you drink that, it's gonna help with fat mobilization and it's gonna da 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 all of those things that we hear. Obviously, absolute horseshit, a calorie deficit is what helps with fat loss, not drinking some sort of concoction that's got apple cider vinegar in it. Obviously, breakfast being the big one, I was absolutely a huge breakfast eater. I've always believed it up until um, obviously went down that rabbit hole and helping my sister um, lose weight and the whole reason why I wrote my book and why I guess this page was begun. Um, so yes, breakfast is the big one. I absolutely was on the um, draw card that um, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Um, different types of exercise. So um, certainly thought with, sorry, I should say timing around nutrients. Um, and if you, anyone's listened to the podcast I posted up on Monday, which was the 27th of 
January at this point that I had with Alan Aragon. We talked about nutrient timing. Um, I was certainly a big advocate of that and going through university, that was um, the big talking point at that time. All of our professors were teaching us. We were being taught that nutrient timing is very important. And what I mean by nutrient timing is around the idea that you know you must you've got this little 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 window of kind of time post workout that you've got to get in a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of calories, a certain amount of carbs, and those kind of things to make that exercise worthwhile and to be able to kind of maximize your ability to kind of put on lean muscle mass, help with recovery and all those kind of things. We now know that it's not really a window, it's more of a garage door, as Alan um, said the other day on my podcast. And so if you're worried that you kind of, and this is a big worry that I get from a lot of people starting out on the No Breakfast Life is that, Adam, I exercise in the morning, what am I meant to do when I, if I exercise and I'm fasting, isn't that going to hinder my results? Aren't I going to, you know, not be able to see any um, results or kind of ability to kind of move forward uh, with, you know, muscle growth and recovery and all those kind of things? Absolutely not. The most important factor is getting in that protein and those calories throughout the day at some point for 99% of the population. Now, if you're someone who is aiming to go to the Olympics and you're you know, in Olympic trials and you're trying to maximize every single millimeter of percentage um, difference that you can get over your competition, then yes, nutrient timing does play a role. But most people who I'm talking to, most people who I engage with on a day-to-day basis, this is just not important whatsoever. So stop worrying about the little things that might make, that take up a lot of time to try and you know work into your lifestyle that might give you 0.01% of a difference. Focus on the factors that give you the big returns. Calories, protein consumption, and then don't worry about anything else. Get in some daily exercise, make sure that you're sleeping um, and you know your, your life is as stress-free as possible. That will give you 90% of the results you're looking for. And for most people, 90% of the results they're looking for would make them feel great, have them look great, and they will be obviously getting most of the results that they're after. So that is um, probably the, the biggest ones that uh, I'm coming from a point of you know what I used to believe in and kind of now what um, you know, I now see to be kind of not right or not kind of completely correct um, from the standpoint. So great question there, Rachel. I'm really happy you asked that one. Good to see many, many of you coming in, guys. And I do see your questions, so do keep them coming. Once I get through these, I will certainly come back to them. Um, next one, social outing slash dinners on the weekend are killing my deficit. Any practical solution? Thanks. Um, stop having so many uh, outings and social dinners. I mean, that's the that's the easiest answer I can give to you. Um, there has to be some sacrifice. There has to be some to and fro um, from this. And the analogy I always use is if you're about to start saving for a house or you've just bought your house, you know, you've got a mortgage now, you understand that some sacrifices to that lifestyle you once lived need to be made to make sure that you can pay your mortgage, pay your bills, and over the years that you start doing that, you can become a little bit more lax on that because you're now starting to get ahead, you're starting to pay down your mortgage, there's a little bit more savings in the bank. It's exactly the same when it comes with being in a diet or, sorry, being in a calorie deficit or trying to achieve a goal that you may never have been able to achieve before. Something has to change, something has to be given up. You can't just sit there and, you know, the age old saying, have your cake and eat it too. You have to make some sort of sacrifices and you have to make that sacrifice or have to make that decision on that sacrifice that is worth it to you. Now, is your goal of trying to drop some body weight and get into a healthier state of mind and a healthier body, um, is that going to massively improve your life? And if it is, is it worthwhile making some of those sacrifices in the meantime? It's not necessarily going to have to be for the rest of your life. As I said, once you start paying down that mortgage and paying, um, you know, you've been in the kind of cycle of kind of making some sacrifices over time, you can become a bit more lax on it. Same with your food. Right now, you might have to make some significant changes and some sacrifices that are gonna allow you to start making some difference in your body shape and your kind of weight loss and having you feel good, move forward, get that momentum going. But in six months time, 12 months time, while that sounds like a long time, in the course of your entire life, it's a very small sacrifice that really needs to be made that could give you huge returns that allow you to live a life that you know gives you infinite um, happiness um, and ability to kind of do the things you want and then you can become a little bit more lax on it and enjoy some of those dinners so that's first and foremost what I would say but second to that 
you can try and make the best uh, options you can. I always say to clients when they come to me, Adam, I've got a social gathering this weekend, what should I do? If you know the restaurant you're going, look ahead and plan already what you're going to choose. So rather than being caught in that moment like, oh my God, what am I gonna have, I don't know. You can plan ahead, put that into your tracking and kind of you know track those calories and just be more mindful of what you're choosing. Instead of having three courses, maybe two courses is enough. So don't have the entree, just have the main and the dessert. Or don't have the dessert, just have the entree and the main. Minimize the amount of alcohol you have or get rid of it all um, completely. So there's little things that you can do like that that can kind of keep you on track as best as you can be. Or the other end of it, don't say yes to all of the social gatherings. You know, pick ones that are going to be most meaningful to you. You know, if it's your best friend's birthday or their wedding, absolutely go and enjoy it. And, you know, enjoy it unabated. Don't even worry about it and just get back on track the next day. One weekend out of, you know, 52 weeks in the year is not going to make one um, difference whatsoever. But if you're going out every single weekend and it is affecting your ability to stay in a calorie deficit, then you have to make a change. So make that change and be comfortable with that and share that with your friends. I really don't believe that it's my opinion that you shouldn't hide these things away. The people who really care about you in life will absolutely support you in your decisions. Those who want to sit there and edge at you and sit there and go, no, come on, one more drink. Oh, you can come out. What's the problem? It's only one one meal. These are the persons that don't really, these are the people, I should say, that don't truly um, care about you and your health and well-being. I am almost certain there's a handful of you know my best mates in my life that if it was me and I said like guys like you know we're going out tonight that's great um, but you know I'm really trying to be good uh, with my health and well-being at the moment and I have to kind of cut back so look I'm not going to be eating dessert tonight you know I just don't want to make a big thing about it but I do want to come forward and tell you this I know they would say Adam absolutely you know I'm there to support no worries you know no problems at all so that would be my kind of tips and tricks uh, moving on that one there. But great question, and I hope uh, my answer was able to help you there. Um, another one about Anna, because I posted this question box with a picture of Anna behind. She's gorgeous, thank you very much, I agree. Uh, next one. What are three things you want to accomplish in 2020? Great question, um, I answered this earlier this year when I did my goal setting podcast, so you could possibly go back and listen to that one, but to kind of highlight them very quickly here, um, let's let's go one personal, one professional, and um, maybe one selfish, I don't know, something like that, um, but something professionally, I really want to do more public speaking, and I want to get my fasting and fitness health retreat going. Um, I'm in talks with someone, Eloise, we are going to meet when you get back in Melbourne. Um, we got something pretty cool, and I think we can put together something pretty amazing. Um, and it's gonna be up in Noosa, it's gonna be in September. This is gonna be kind of the, the pinnacle of the service I deliver. It is gonna be the most high-end and incredible, um, we're gonna probably make it five days um, that you'll ever have, um, you know, seven-star type um, experience and it's something that not only will you remember for the rest of your life uh, and I hope that it'll be an experience that you'll never forget but I truly hope that it'll be an experience that will teach you everything that you'll ever need to know about fitness health fasting and how to take the best care of your health both mental and physical uh, well-being and so I'm I'm doing everything I can to try and make that happen in September this year I don't know if I can make it, but I really, 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 really want to make that happen um, this year. And it'd probably be for no more than six people. It'll be a small little gathering. Um, it won't be cheap. Um, uh, I'm trying to, as I said, make this the best service and have the best people involved. You know, we're going to get private chefs in there. We're going to get psychologists in there. We're going to have yoga instructors. Myself, obviously, I'll doing um, some seminars around fasting, fitness. I'll be running daily, um, you know, fitness, uh, you know, boot camps and different kind of activities. We'll go hiking, we'll go um, bike riding, we'll go surfing, we'll do all these different things. So it'll be everything around fitness, fasting and health, as I said, both mental and physical health. Um, and as I said, I wanna get some really high-end um, people who I know in the industry who either live up there or around um, that area that I know of or that I can fly up there as well for a, for a seminar, a workshop and get these people involved. And as I said, professional chefs cooking our dinners at night, teaching us how to cook well. It's gonna be a phenomenal thing and uh, I can't wait to kind of bring that to you. It's a lot of organization. So I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that by September, but that's my goal um, this year, as well as do more speaking events. Most likely May, I'm hoping I can get a huge 
um, people person to come along to it as well. I'm going to do a Melbourne meetup. Um, and there's a big person on Instagram that is a personal friend of mine um, that I know you all you will all know, but I'm not going to give it away yet because I haven't confirmed that he can do it. But if I can get him there, we'll do it together. But if I can't, I'm going to do it anyway. Most likely in May, there's going to be a Melbourne meetup. It'll be a fasting and fitness workshop. You can come along to that. We'll then do kind of um, some talks on how to you know do your strength training. It's going to be at my office, uh, my workplace in my gym in Melbourne. So we can head into the gym. It's going to be limited spaces as well. So I don't know how many we're going to be able to get there, but I'll tell you more about that. So that's this year professionally. Personally, um, they're mostly around running goals and my own fitness uh, this year. So I want to I want to run a sub ten minute, um, sorry, sub forty minute ten kilometer this year. That's my running goal. Last year was run a, a sub one hundred minute half marathon. I achieved that. So moving on to that. Currently, I'm in the midst of trying to run every single day in January. I had to run 100 kilometers in January. Tick that off. And then in uh, the test lab, yes, you're going to help me get across that line in the sub 40 minute 10K. So I can't wait to work with you on that. Guys, if you want a phenomenal coach, he has been my running coach. Um, Phenomenal coach with regards to triathlon and running. He's also an incredible myotherapist. Go and uh, get onto the test lab on Instagram and go and give him a DM. He'll certainly uh, help you out there. Um, But yeah, so that's my kind of, uh, I guess, personal goals, but kind of selfish goals, kind of something that's just for me. Um, I don't really know. I've got everything I want in life. Like, I've got a family that I adore. I love my girls. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's well. Um, my sister is going through some pretty hard times at the moment, so I'd love to see her doing a bit better. Um, and hopefully it all works out for her in the end. And when I can share that story in a bit more detail, I would like to do that with her on the podcast. She's not quite ready to share that with you all, but, um, we'll see how we go. So yeah, as long as everyone is healthy and everyone is well, and, uh, my girls continue to grow up to be incredible, uh, human beings, I'm good. So yeah, that's probably three things this year. Thanks for the question. Uh, next one... Where are we? Here we go. I struggle to consume 100 to 140 grams of protein to be able to build muscle. Any tips? Um, just start playing around with the tracking app. I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. Get into MyFitnessPal and just start playing around with it and start playing around with the kind of quantities that you're going to be required to get that amount of protein in but to keep within your calorie limits as well it's the best way to start doing with it just do mock days you know it doesn't have to be the actual food you're going to have but start playing around with it it's so easy to get in a hundred plus grams of protein when you know where you can get those um you know protein sources from whether that's animal product or whether that's a plant-based product it is very easy to get that in even in two meals like i do if you're having multiple meals over the day even easier Um, but whether you're using protein powders or whether you're getting it in from foods, um, it is very, very easy. And as I said, you have to just start getting into more detail and understanding where those protein sources are coming from. Things like chicken breast is better than kind of um, like beef. It's going to be far less fat, so it's going to be lower on calories but have similar amounts of protein. So knowing these kinds of things that kind of are lower in calories but are gaining you, you know, the most benefit with regards to the protein input, that's where you can get, um, you know, some plant-based ones. Obviously, you got tofu, tempeh, seitan, those kind of things. Um, I don't even know if I say that um, correctly. I hope I do, but any um, you know, plant-based uh, dieter out there can probably correct me. But yeah, I think it's seitan, spelled S-E-I-T-A-N. You know, really high in protein. There's plenty of other plant sources out there. I'm not your go-to guy for plant sources, though. Um, so go and seek out someone who is. Um, but for me, you know, things like cottage cheese is another great one. Low-fat. Um, Greek yogurt, another great one. Um, but as I said, all your meats, you know, uh, as I said, your chicken breast, uh, turkey mince is great, really low on fat as well. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of sources to get it from. So just start playing around with that app and start seeing uh, how you can get it in. But the other big one, make protein your focal point for that meal. Too many people kind of go, I'm having pasta tonight, so what am I going to have in pasta? Nothing wrong with pasta, but you're making the emphasis around the pasta. So instead, what protein source am I going to have tonight? Chicken, beef, lamb, tofu, whatever it might be, and then build your um, 
uh, sorry, meal around that protein source and make sure that you're getting in that protein source. Have it with full with kind of vegetables. Vegetables, again, are very low in calories. Most of them um, are quite low, in, especially cruciferous ones. I, again, I don't know if I'm not an English major, so I don't know if I said that right, but you know, your broccolis, your asparagus, your beans, your peas, all these things are quite low in calories, full of nutrients, great for you. Have you know colors of the rainbow. Fill it with capsicums and red onion and you know carrots and eggplant all of those kind of things and then add some protein to it and you're not going to have any issues whatsoever kind of getting that in so hope that helps um with regards to building muscle though you have to get in the gym as well you have to hit that strength training um so accompany that with adequate protein adequate calories and adequate sleep you have to make sure sleep is um, a number one priority there as well so make sure all of those factors are in there as well as the protein, and you'll start to see um, your ability to build muscle go up. You'll start feeling better. You'll start recovering better as well. So hope that helps. Next one, how do you know when you can continue to exercise through an injury or when you should rest it? Really good question. Being an exercise physiologist, this is something I deal with every single day, um, helping people continue to exercise despite injuries and getting them back beyond their injuries, whether that, you know, something simple like a sprained ankle or something much more complicated like a hip replacement, an ACL, um, knee reconstruction or something, you know, more, um, you know, more difficult or kind of more severe than uh, just as I said, a sprained ankle. There's always something you can do. Movement is always the answer. And so if you're something to me and saying, you know, I've got an injury, I've hurt my shoulder. Cool, do lower limb exercises until your shoulder gets better. Obviously, you need to listen to your body and absolutely agree with you there, but there's always something that you can do and movement is always the key. They're my two big mantras that I live by and I have lived by that since I started my career as, as an exercise physiologist and I've helped thousands of people over the year continue to exercise despite their injuries. I don't care if it's a back injury, I don't care if it's a knee replacement, I don't care if it's a shoulder, Rico, there's always something you can do. And so manage what you can do at that particular point in time and slowly start to progress around that injury. So um, obviously I don't know your particular injury or your um, state of affairs and so absolutely go and seek out an exercise physiologist if you are you know, looking for some assistance in helping you get back to exercise because you don't know where to start. But, you know, a simple one, if your back is sore and it hurts by doing two kilometers of walking, well, maybe one kilometer of walking might be okay before pain starts setting in. So we shouldn't fear pain. Pain is a great receptor to tell us that things are working, that things are there to feed back to us to tell us, oh, you're coming too much, you're doing a little bit too much there. So don't fear pain, work to pain that you can kind of comfortably manage. Don't go into kind of causing more pain than you're already in. But as I said, just manage that um, pain and get yourself moving. So I really hope that has helped out. Um, and as I said, work around the injuries, the best thing I can say, and movement is always the answer. So I hope that answers uh, your question. Um, da, 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 da. This one here, uh, don't have a question, just love your content. Thank you so much. Um, da, da, da. Next one, does sweat during exercise indicate one's level of fitness? No, but um, I will put a caveat on that. People who are fitter tend to sweat more because they have better cooling mechanisms. Now, sweat is basically just a way for your body to cool you down. Obviously, it works for evaporation. You start to sweat, whether the outside wind blowing over you or you're inside with a fan, whatever it might be, sweat on your skin. One starts to dissipate and pull heat from your body, but then when it gets evaporated from your skin via the outside um, atmosphere, it also adds a cooling effect. And so those who, who are super fit have really good cooling mechanisms in the body and so tend to sweat more than the unfit. Now, obviously there is gray area everywhere and some people sweat a lot, some people don't. People, some go really red but don't sweat at all. There's obviously a whole spectrum of it and so no, there's not an indication that, oh, that person sweats X amount, therefore they have this level of fitness and this person sweats this amount, therefore they have this level of fitness. So absolutely not, um, yeah. I. I wouldn't care about how much you're sweating. You sweat, you sweat. So, um, And don't think that you had a better workout because you sweated more. There's so many different ways that you can get a, in quote, good workout. I would never sit there and say that, you know, 
A runner is an unfit person by doing all of their running exercises, but you put them in a gym situation, they're probably gonna be far less adapt at someone who only goes to the gym and vice versa. And so to sit there and say, well, this person's useless in the gym, well, maybe that's not their particular goal or that's not what they kind of gear their training around. And so to sit there and say, well, that runner is really unfit because look how useless he is in the gym. You know, fitness comes in a whole different gamut of different things. And so you do what you enjoy, however much you sweat, you sweat, go and have a shower after it, make sure you don't stink and... um yeah, I guess that's about it. So I hope that answers your question there. Um, I think this is the last one on here, and then I'll go back through the questions that I did see come up live. Um, what do you think of portion control U-foods? There's a heap of them out there now. Marley Spoon, U-foods, HelloFresh, Light and Easy. There's a whole heap of them. And in my book, I actually talked about one of them uh, in my seven diets in seven weeks that I went through. Um, and I did Light and Easy. I think they're a really good way, especially light and easy, because they're actually portion controlled for you. Um, I know U Foods is as well. Marley Spoons and the HelloFresh, they're making up your own kind of um, meal for the night. They're not really portion controlled. You can obviously eat as much from that meal as you like, but the ones where you know, you're know you putting them in a microwave or tearing them up and kind of you've got a, a ready-made meal. Um, they're a really good way of teaching people just how much smaller a true portion size is for them. So many people, uh, and this has been seen again. I've seen. I've said this before, but this has been said time and time again in the research that people are terrible at tracking and understanding the amount of calories that they're eating, even when they are tracking them. So if you're not tracking it, you're a lot of people look at a meal and go, "Oh, that probably has 300 calories," when in essence it probably has 800 calories. And then they turn to me and sit there and go, "Adam." I, you know, I, I eat in a calorie deficit. I do what you're doing, but I'm not losing any weight. You know what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with it. You're just not eating in a calorie deficit. And so, excuse me, these kind of pre-made meals. I'm not saying eat them for the rest of your life, but they can be a great way to give you an understanding of like you see that portion in that plate. They're pretty small. If you look at a light and easy dinner or a U food dinner, they're not big by any means but you see how many calories are in that and then you can kind of look at the portion that you used to give yourself and you go, ah, now I know where I was going wrong. Here's a portion from you foods and it's a 550 calorie dinner and it's you know X amount kind of thing and on the podcast, guys, you can't see this, but on the live, I'm saying it's this amount kind of thing. But you then look at your plate and it's three times the amount and you go, oh, I thought that what I was having was about 500 calories there, but in essence, I'm actually probably having 1,200 calories for dinner. So it does give people a really good sense of kind of where those portions are. So whether it's for a week, whether it's for a month, whether it's for a year, that's completely up to you, but you can absolutely learn a lot from them. Um, and so, you know, I would absolutely, if someone is struggling to lose weight and they think they've been in a calorie deficit, they're not. And one of these kind of, you know, light and easy or you foods can be a great way to maybe give them a better understanding. So yeah, I'd absolutely uh, recommend it if um, that's something that would help you um, kind of better understand the amount of calories that you're having. Um, I'm just going to go back through to see if any new ones came up. Came up? No, there's not. So let's just go into the live ones here, guys. I'll just go straight back to the top. Let's see if we had any questions come in. Someone from London. Hello. Uh, whoops. Uh, let's have a look. Um, searching, 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 searching. I know there were some questions here, guys. I'm trying to get to them. Where are we? Here we are. Um, hi from Miss Delhi. I have an endomorph body. I need a 30-minute workout in the mornings. Nothing that requires getting on the floor, though. Any suggestions? Um, the idea of endomorph, ectomorph, and mesomorph is a theory that went out a long time ago. Your body shape is your body shape. You're not an endomorph. You're not an ectomorph. You're not a mesomorph. They're, they're just they're totally garbage. And if I know V Shreds is an absolute tool and dickhead in the industry, and he sits there and goes, you know, you're not eating for your body type. You know, let me give you the food that you should be eating for your body type. He's a dickhead and he has no idea what he's talking about. And he's playing on this kind of idea that there's foods that suit certain body types or workouts that suit certain body types. It's absolute garbage. So let's just get away from this idea of you have a certain body type. Your body type is your body type. So let's just leave it at that, yeah? Um, I need a 30-minute workout in the mornings. 
you want to, you don't need to. So it's completely up to you. Let's again, just changing that language can really kind of make um, big differences. So I'm just gonna pull you up and kind of bring those kind of things. But if you want to do a 30 minute, uh, 30 minute workout in the morning, if that's the time you've got, whether it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 50 minutes, okay. Um, nothing that requires getting on the floor though. Uh, any suggestions? There's plenty of suggestions. Um, you know, you could do squats, you could do lunges, you could do um, push-ups against the wall, you could do dips on a bench or a couch. Um, you know, there's a ton of different exercises that you can do that are body-weighted in nature. Um, this is not a sales pitch, but I have the No Breakfast Club emails, which are a daily workout. Um, that are mostly geared around people who don't have equipment, don't have a gym to go to and their home workouts. I think most of them could be suitable for pretty much anyone um, for any fitness level. Obviously some modifications need to be made there. Um, you know, everyone is individual, I get that, and sometimes you know, some of the workouts might not work for you, but on the whole, most people would go for them. At the moment, I'm not sending out that email. I'm trying to get something set up on my website to make it easier for people to jump on that and jump off that. I'll let you guys know that's gonna become a paid service as soon as I get that up. I did that for an entire year last year for free. It's gonna be stupidly cheap, cheaper than anything you've ever seen before, um, but I am gonna put a charge on that, and I'm just trying to work that out with my website lady now so people can sign on that. There's not gonna be a sign up forever type thing. It's a month by month. You can come and go as you please. Um, and as I said, there's gonna be two different versions of that. There's gonna be a gym-based version because I have had people ask me, Adam, you know, your home workouts are great, but I go to a gym and I want something more strength-based in a gym situation. So I'm gonna have one for that. I'm gonna have one for a home um, workout, kind of minimal to no equipment type based workout. So um, I hope that makes some suggestions there for you, Miss Deli. As I said, look at some body weight type exercises that you can use your, um, you know, your, your lower limbs and your upper limbs. Get some simple light weights for you at home. You, know, you can go to your local sports store and get some one or two or three kilo dumbbells or just use what's in your cupboard. You know, if you've got can of baked beans or you've got a milk carton that you um, you know, now finish with that you can kind of tighten up, fill it up with water, and then you've got some dumbbell weights for your hands as well. And then start doing some shoulder presses, some front raises. Um, as I said, you can do some push-ups against the wall. Then just for your lower body, you can do some squats, some lunges, and do them supported against the wall if you're having trouble with them. Make them shorter range if you can't get deep range and just work yourself into it. There's no reason why you can't get on and off the floor but at time being you might be, but as you progress, start obviously pushing yourself and then you can do many more things when you're on the floor. You can do some bench press floor presses on the floor. You can do kneeling shoulder presses. You can do some reverse flies. You can do some push-ups. There's a whole heap of different things. So really hope that helps you out there, Miss Deli and anyone else listening in. Um, bourbon, cool mate, no worries. I know we were talking about drinking before. Um, bourbon is a calorific one, especially if you're having it with Coke, so just be mindful of that. Fun fact though, if you have your alcohol with a diet drink, it has been shown that it will make your blood alcohol level higher than if you have it just with a kind of regular. So if you have one shot of bourbon with Coke in it, and you have one shot of bourbon with Diet Coke, and you, you, know, you were drinking that all night, either one of those, the person who has the Diet Coke will actually have a higher blood alcohol. Um, blood alcohol reading so be really wary of if you are the driver for the night i always suggest you shouldn't drink at all if you are the driver but most countries have you know a certain limit you will likely to push you over much more so if you're having diet soda so just be very careful of that um hello uh alexil 42 your thoughts on the statistic that 95 percent of people will regain weight they lose on a diet within five years this is absolutely true um because people try and do unsustainable things that they you know, see great fat loss or, and weight loss in the very beginning, but then they can't maintain that. So you've got to find something that if you, if you have your thought process as you go into some sort of diet or weight loss journey of some description, if you're looking at what you're doing in that particular point in time, if you can't see yourself living this for the rest of your life, then it's not the diet for you. Find something different and start you know, do something different now. Don't try and go through it and then, um, you know, get yourself down the road. But also try try many different things. You know, I've got no problems with people going through different things and trying them out um, and trying to find what works best for you. Obviously, I'm gonna push the idea of skipping that morning meal, a very easy way to get your calories down. It's not an important meal anyway, so you know, getting rid of it is gonna be no harm to you whatsoever and can make it easier for you to be in a calorie deficit. 
But if you're someone who goes, no, nah, no, nah, I want my morning meal, cool, do that and find something else that works for you that allows you to be in a calorie range that allows you to achieve your goals um, and then move in and out of that. I did a podcast not too long ago, how to progress from a fat loss phase into a maintenance phase. So if people are having trouble with staying the course, like they have no troubles getting rid of the weight, but then just can't seem to maintain it over the years, that's a podcast for you, so go and check that out. But a great question, absolutely those stats. I think it's even worse than that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, most people who start a journey um, in five years' time are either the same weight or more, but primarily that's because they're choosing a method of getting to where they want to be on their goal weight that is completely unsustainable. The other one is they're not including strength training, and so when they're losing you know, their weight, they're not maintaining their lean muscle mass, meaning that their ability to, sorry, their amount of calories that they need to consume when they're now at their lower weight are far less. So when they think they're going back to maintenance, they're actually going into a surplus calories. They start putting on um, weight again. And so they have to eat less than where they should be if they had been doing some strength training and maintaining some lean muscle mass along the way. So include strength training and find some sort of diet that helps you stay in a calorie deficit and maintain a lifestyle that you can see yourself doing for the rest of your life and you shouldn't have any troubles with um, keeping that weight off in the long run. Uh, Diane O'Brien, a dietitian once told me I wasn't eating enough, which was why I couldn't lose weight. Your thoughts on this? Find a new dietitian. They have no idea what they're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I can't say any more on that. I've talked about this time and time and time and time and time again. There's no such thing as eating too less um, and this is why then your body is storing the things that you eat. It's a dark thing to say. But prisoners of war didn't come out overweight. You know, people who are in um, you know third world countries who get very little nutrition aren't obese. It's because they're eating very very little amount of calories and they're forced to do that. A big issue what most people kind of tend to do is they heavily restrict their calories when trying to go into some sort of fat loss phase that heavily restriction on calories is completely unsustainable. And so they only think that they're, you know, they look at their Monday, nailed it, I only had 500 calories today. Tuesday, nailed it, I only had 500 calories today. Wednesday, nailed it, I only had 500 calories today. You know, they look at the scale in three days time, it's gone down weight, everything's going great. And then Friday comes along and they've had five days of only 500 calories. They are miserable, they're stressed from a big day at work, Friday night drinks come along. Their husbands, you know, climbing up the wall. Their kids are, you know, being little shitheads. And so their stress levels are going through the roof. They've been starving themselves all week or having, I shouldn't say starving, it's not the word I want to use, but they're massively restricting their calories all week. What are they going to do? Of course, they're going to be highly stressed and then go probably looking for the closest thing that's going to give them comfort. And that's probably going to be food and alcohol. They then have a 5,000 calorie Friday and Saturday. They feel shit about themselves. So Sunday they go, no, I'll just start on Monday, have another couple of thousand calories on the Sunday. And then if you look at their net calories for an entire week, actually puts them in either maintenance or a slight surplus. So they either gain weight or see no kind of results over the long period because they do this you know, week after week after week. And sit there going, oh, it's because I was eating too little is why I didn't lose weight. No, it's because you're in a calorie surplus in kind of, the gross sense of it, um, not because you weren't eating enough. So absolutely, if a dietitian or any professional ever tells you that the reason why you can't lose weight is because you're eating too little, get a new dietitian, get a new trainer, or whoever it might be, because they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, next question. Can you help with problem sleeping? I'm lucky if I sleep five hours a night. I did a podcast on this. It's helped so many people. I also did... Yeah, I did my nightly routine to set you up for a good one as a video on my uh, on my YouTube channel. YouTube channel is The No Breakfast Guy. My podcast is Let's Talk Fast. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you already know that. But I did one on how to get a great night's sleep. I highly recommend going to do that. It's all about setting up your environment to be the best environment you possibly can to have a good night's sleep. Making sure it's pitch black. Making sure there's um, as minimal noise as um, there is. No screens, you know, 30 to 60 minutes at least before you go to bed. Having a stretch, meditate, write down in a journal things you're grateful for. These are all things I talk about um, heading into going to bed. Um, and then, as I said, setting up your environment to be the best place you possibly can be to get a quality night's sleep. 
too many people have you know their phones facing up to the roof so every time a, a message goes off it lights up the room get rid of your phone from the room or at the very least turn it down turn it on silent so the screen doesn't go off and it doesn't make any noise that's number one if you've got a tv in your room get rid of the tv in your room for number one talk to your partner you know have some sexy time with your partner whatever it might be you shouldn't have a tv in your room there's no need for it um but get if you do have it in there block up the little red light any little bit of light that's in your room you need to get rid of even if it's the glowing light from your smoke alarm you can see my smoke alarm up in this room right here covering that little green light that flashes on that is not going to stop its ability to t tell if there's smoke in the room so cover up any light source you possibly can get the heaviest um, curtains you possibly can to black out as much light as you possibly can then get rid of all sound and set yourself up for a good night's sleep and I guarantee you'll have a great night's sleep the other thing is if you've ever run a marathon or done a really big physical day, you don't have any trouble sleeping. So I think a lot of people's issues with insomnia and not being able to sleep comes from the fact that we're so much more sedentary these days in our lives. So get more physical. Go and do more walking. Go to the gym more. Do as much physical activity as you possibly can so you get to sleep or you get to bed absolutely exhausted you're much more likely to have a much deeper and better sleep as well. So get more active, set yourself up for a great night's sleep, set your environment up for a great night's sleep, and hopefully that should help you out. Um, Melbourne meetup sounds good. I can't wait for it as well. Very interested in Melbourne meeting. Can't wait as well. Um, hello. Do you and your family eat much fruit? Absolutely love fruit. Um, if this question is coming from a sense, is fruit bad for you? Whoever's told you that, get rid of them out of your life. Fruit's amazing. Um, what have we got in our fridge at the moment? We've got strawberries, mangoes, bananas, grapes are really good at the moment. Um, apples, I love a pink lady. Um, I used to be a big green apple fanboy, um, but I'm definitely on the pink ladies, the jazzes, the Fujis um, these days. So yeah, big apple fan. Um, as I said, I love grapes. I'm a big green grape fan. Um, do love the um, purple and the dark black kind of grapes. But all your berries, I love strawberries, blueberries when they're in season, which they're not too bad at the moment. Uh, blackberries, raspberries. Um, so absolutely, love fruit. We eat a lot of fruit. My daughter loves bananas. And strangely though, I know it's not a fruit, but Amelia loves cucumbers. She eats them like apples. She's like, she, I don't need to slice them up for her. She says, Daddy, can I have a cucumber? I just give her the whole cucumber and she just gnaws at that and eats the whole thing. So um, yeah, absolutely love fruit. Um, make it as accessible as possible. Put it on you know, a kitchen, I'm um, sorry, a, a fruit bowl in the middle of the kitchen. So when you're kind of hanging out and you're kind of, oh, gee, I could go something sweet right now, it's much easier to grab for that piece of fruit rather than kind of going to the cupboard and getting something sweet from there. So yeah, absolutely get it out there. Um, next question, do you have an opinion on nutrition qualifications? Looking to do one, but not sure of the quality or some providers, not sure what I want to do, um, a full bachelor. Um, I'm gonna be really controversial in this. Uh, I think most of the nutrition and dietetic degrees that are out there are absolute garbage. Now, I say that with a big caveat. There are plenty of dietitians, and I know I had a phenomenal dietitian on my podcast not long ago. Um, she was incredible, and that was one of my most well-recepted ones, and she's phenomenal. There's plenty of out there that have come out and kind of gone further on to educate themselves further on what they are um, from what you get taught in that. My absolute um, go-to would be people like Alan Aragon, who I had on the show on Monday. Go and look at his research review. It's $10 a month. And it is the cheapest source of information you'll ever find around nutrition, health, and well-being that you can ever come across. Um, it's phenomenal, and it's only $10 a month. The other one I would look at is the Martin Nutrition University. Martin McDonald on Instagram, um, and he has his own nutrition. It's not a degree, but it's a nutrition, basically, degree. It's a year-long um, thing that you will sign up for. Um, I've heard nothing but good things, and uh, Martin McDonald is incredible. So go and check out Alan Aragon um, on Instagram. He's the Alan Aragon. Um, and go and check out Martin Nutrition, I think it is. I'm trying to get him on my podcast as well. He has agreed to it, but he's just a super busy guy, so trying to sort that out um, is very difficult. But they're the two things. I personally would not waste your money and your time on a four-year degree and a nutrition degree. I think you can learn so much more out there. Um, 
uh, that you don't have to then go and spend four years in a bachelor's degree um, and beyond. Um, I know that's controversial to say, but that's just my point of view. I'm sure there's probably dietitians that might hear this and kind of go, you asshole, how dare you say that about our, about our industry? That's just what I've seen. I've seen so many nutritionists and dietitians that give poor advice, but it's coming from a degree that gave them that poor device, uh, advice. So that would be my two cents. Um, thank you. I love my fruit and eat every meal. Absolutely. Again, fruit has calories though, so be mindful. Calories are the most important factor, but absolutely should be including fruit in your daily diet. Uh, my son would like to know if you like pizza. He's six. Uh, Jules, pizza is my absolute favorite food on the planet. I always ask my podcast guests every single week, what's the one meal that you would have if you never had to worry about the nutritional value or the amount of calories? What would you have for the rest of your life? Mine would be pizza, and I don't care what pizza it is. I love a good margarita. I love you know quality pizzas that I've eaten throughout Europe and Italy especially, but I'm also a sucker for a Pizza Hut double bacon cheeseburger pizza. I love pizza in every form. I don't care if it's what you would cl- classify as a terrible pizza or a, you know, a quality pizza. Um, I love all pizza, so yes, I absolutely love it. Um, his name is Marlo. He's doing his first Spartan race in May. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, congratulations to him. Um, but yes, Marlo, I love pizza and thank you for the question. Um, that finishes it all up there, guys. Um, that's all the questions that got asked in the question box and that's all live. I'll stay on here for another 30 seconds or a minute or so while I kind of wrap things up if anyone else asks any more questions. There's been plenty of you come in tonight, guys. There's been probably anywhere between 25 and 30, mostly kind of always there live, but I've seen plenty of you come and go, which is great. So thank you for coming in uh, and joining us on another episode uh, this week. Um, but guys, yeah, that's been another episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. Podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. As always, guys, can you please, 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 if you're listening to this as a podcast, screenshot it, tag me on that screenshot and add it to your um, story feed in Instagram and let me know how much you enjoyed the show um, and if you found anything of value to it because the more you share it, the more people know about it, the more people hear about it and I hope that my information does help them uh, and helps them kind of live a happy and healthier life. Just kind of finishing on that topic, there was obviously a big um, post that I put up yesterday that went viral in a good way and bad way. Um, we were talking about kind of worth um, at any size and health at any size. Um, and I want you all to go and check out that post as well. And I'd love your two cents on what I said on that. I still stand by what I said, despite a lot of people saying that I was fat shaming and I'm fat phobic and that I'm causing anorexia and all these very nasty comments that came through, but there was plenty of lovely comments that came through as well supporting what I said. I still stand by my, um, comment of that. You absolutely have worth at any size, but you certainly don't have health at any size. Uh, and I'm here to try and help people live a quality life. And I, unfortunately, in my clinic every day, have to work with people who have to suffer from the diseases that are caused primarily by living an unhealthy, overweight, and sedentary life. And it's my want to see those people live a more active life and live a life where they're not affected by these diseases. And the number one thing that can help them from that is losing weight. And that's not me fat shaming you. That's me trying to help you lose weight to live a more quality-based life. And so, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. And that's my two cents I'm going to finish on on this particular podcast. So, guys, on the live, thank you so much for joining me again on your Tuesday night, wherever you may be. It might be different timing. There's so many other things you could be doing. So I'm very, very appreciative that you've come and joined me for the last 52 minutes. So thank you so much. I love you all. I'll see you next Tuesday. Um, Get those questions ready. I can't wait to answer them all. Whether they're personal, guys, whether they're about fat, fitness, fat loss, whatever it might be, I'm an open book. I'm more than happy to answer anything. But love you all. Give me a rating on iTunes, five stars, positive review. It helps me. It helps spread my podcast. I love you all. I'll see you all next week. Ciao.